Hi, everyone, and welcome to Spill It, the Gwinnett County Public Library's podcast all about YA literature, where two of us love YA and one does not. I'm Catherine, Teen Services Librarian, and I love YA. I'm Patty, Youth Services Manager, and I also love YA. I wonder who doesn't like I YA. I know. It could be me, Sarah, Youth Services Specialist, and I love a couple of the books I've read. <laughs> that's better. Hey, that's better than when we started. Yeah getting there <laughs> maybe <laughs> well i guess we can tell everyone what we're reading right now i'm actually reading blackout which is a book patty mentioned in the last episode <laughs> and this book was written by the same group of authors it's by danielle clayton tiffany d jackson nick stone angie thomas ashley woodfolk and nicola yoon uh, a summer heat wave blankets new york city in darkness but as the city is thrown into confusion a different kind of electricity sparks Ooh. A first meeting, longtime friends, bitter exes, and maybe the beginning of something new. When the lights go out, people will reveal hidden truths, love blossoms, friendship transforms, and new possibilities take flight. It's a kissing book. I was going to say, it actually, <laughs> that was one of the things I was going to say so far. It is very kissing-centric. <laughs> like, it's a lot of talk of, I keep looking at their lips, and like, yeah. Ooh, I think some kisses are coming. So far, not a lot of kissing is happening. But, but they're they thinking about kissing. Yes. <laughs> yes. What are you reading, Sarah? I have just started listening to The Akata Witch by Nady Okorafor. I hope I didn't mess that name up too much. But it's a good book uh, so far about a girl named Sunny, who is an American um, of Nigerian parents now living in Nigeria. And she's also albino. And um, she meets a couple friends and is discovering that she may have magical powers. And then I haven't reached this part yet, but the publisher's description says eventually she and her friends are going to be asked to use their magic to track down a criminal who also has magic. So is it modern day? I believe so. Yes, because there's cell phones and all that. So yeah, cool. I like that. Yeah. I heard it described as like Harry Potter, but kind of with an African twist. Okay. Nigerian twist, I guess. So, so far, so good. I do find it interesting. I think this is like the third or fourth book you've read with a character named Sunny. I know. I don't know why they keep showing up. But yeah, here, yeah. here's another Sunny. <laughs> <laughs> and narrated by somebody who's doing the Nigerian accent. So I, I enjoy that too. Ooh, so it's a good audiobook. Yeah. Okay. I need to put that on my list. What about you, Patty? What are you reading? So I am reading Crooked Kingdom by Lee Bardugo because I needed to find out what happened to our gang of thieves. And um, I am quite enjoying it. I'm pretty sure if I say anything about it, Catherine will reach across the table and stab me. (laughs) (laughs) I was about to be like, no spoilers. (laughs) No spoilers. (laughs) I will say um, it picks up right where the last book left off. It is just as good and just as exciting they have a whole new bag of tricks they have to do I like this one a lot because instead of kind of just one job there's lots of jobs because they have lots of stuff to accomplish so it's fun to get to read that that sort of thing because there's like a lot of planning a lot of heists and a lot of things happening and we get Wyland's point of view as well and so that's a super fun I'm sure you enjoy that I do actually. Now that we all know, now that we all know why his father doesn't like him, 
we can have his point of view. Good. <laughs> and it's actually, it's really nice because this guy, you get a little bit more about that and his backstory and what's going on with him. So I'm really enjoying it. Good. Yay. I can't wait to read it. Oh, it's good. <laughs> so in the last episode, it was Sarah's turn to pick and she had quite the book and topic for us. So I'm going to let Sarah take it away now. Yeah, so our topic for this episode is don't judge a book by its movie. But in this case, we did uh, don't judge a book by its television show, actually. And it is The Midnight Club that we're talking about, which is a book that was published a long time ago um, by Christopher Pike, who wrote a lot of books for teens that are sort of uh, horror in genre, and but also involve a lot of kissing. So it was a very popular type of genre, and this one has been remade by Mike Flanagan into a television show called The Midnight Club, also on Netflix. So we're going to talk a little bit about the book today, but also about the television show and, you know, which one's better and are they even the same? So we'll get into that. But first we have to do the cover talk. <laughs> so keep in mind that this is a cover from 1994 i was gonna say it's very dated it's very it is definitely very dated and this is in the style of all of christopher pike's books which um this is the i think this is the only title there may be one other title that we actually have in our catalog but i remember these books from my youth uh and reading them and they i can tell you that all of the covers look similar to this. Well, I can remember the, the like font style or the, like the graphic design of like his name and the title. They always look like that. Yeah. And the people always look vaguely plasticky, I yeah. guess. It's always, <laughs> it's always got the, they're always about teenagers and usually it's about a group of teenagers. It's not just like one or two. It'll be, you know, you've got at least five or six characters going on. And so there'll be pictures of them on the cover and uh, expressing their somehow fear of the situation that they're dealing and so in this one we've got a group of teenagers it looks like five teenagers sitting in front of a fireplace all around a table and somebody is standing in front of them that you can't see their face they've got a black hoodie on and they look like they're um, perhaps telling a story or something because the their audience is enraptured with whatever it is they're saying say it looks like they have some sort of ritual going on yeah is what it they're does trying kind of look yeah. like that looks more like hooded cloak yeah, and just straight hoodie to me. But I guess because the sleeves are yeah. really long, so that yeah, it does look. But like I a do cloak. also like. I said it was dated, but there is a guy rocking a mullet on the cover. Which yep. <laughs> for some strange reason, mullets are in. And Sorry for anybody listening that has a mullet, but he's got the sleeves ripped off his shirt. That's unbuttoned no. down to like his navel. <laughs> like he is. I know this was set in nineteen ninety. was written in nineteen ninety four. This looks like it was set in nineteen eighty six. I was gonna so. say it was dated even for the nineties. Dated in the nineties. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed with that. Specifically, just that character, though. Really, the other the other guy on the cover. I mean, he could be now. I think one of the most important things about talking about this book is to read the description of the book. Yes. From the back From of the it. Back. So let's, and then we'll tell you about the plot. <laughs> let's do that, shall we? Let's dive on in. Here we go. They were all going to die. Rotterham Home was a hospice for young people, a place where teenagers with terminal illnesses went to die. Nobody who checked in ever checked out. It was a place of pain and sorrow, 
but also, remarkably, a place of humor and adventure. At the hospice was a group of five young men and women who called themselves the Midnight Club. Every night at 12, they met and told each other stories, tales of intrigue and horror, of life and death, true stories, made-up stories, and stories that fell somewhere in between. But one night, in the middle of a particularly scary story, these five people make a pact with each other that says that the first one of them who dies is to make every effort to contact the others from beyond the grave. Then one of them does die, and the story begins. The most wonderful story, the most horrible. <laughs> I really like the theatrical spin you put on the reading of this. Oh, you, you. I tried. I, tried. You. You but it, I liked to. it, especially at the beginning. <laughs> so reading this description that the publisher has given us, you would think that this book is about them being like haunted by a dead I was person. Like, you would think it's going to be very scary because those <laughs> yeah. are the exact words. Yeah. Not they, scary. They use the word at horrible, all. scary, yeah. Yeah. horror, I death. Would say, the, I would say it's depressing, but not scary. The first chunk of this is true. They do meet. Yes. And they tell each other stories. That is true. That happens. This whole thing about they do make a pact. To try to contact each other. None of the rest of that matters at all. Nothing, <laughs> nothing about that happens. They're not scary stories. They might They're be a little not, disturbing, right. but they are not scary they at are all. Not, right. Look, I am the biggest scaredy cat in the world. I did not want to read this book. I did not want to watch this show. I was not excited about this. This book is not scary. I know. I kept this telling book is, you, it is not scary. <laughs> kind of lame oh, oh. harsh <laughs> <laughs> there is a okay what i love is nowhere in this publisher's description is the giant plot point of reincarnation which apparently is like the the through line of the story <laughs> reincarnation and that they they keep meeting there is an element of that in one of the stories that the it's really just people keep telling Alonka. it's more yeah along the story and, and yeah and she also believes she's living it like she she thinks she does who knows who knows it is yeah it's sad it is sad and the stories are interesting but not scary like we said i will yeah. say a, a, a trigger warning for those because this one bothered me a lot there is the first story they tell is a story about a mass shooting on the eiffel tower and that who it hit differently i think than it than it did in 1994 it bothered me a lot um not, again, because I thought it was scary. It was just, it was weird to read that in a teen book, you know? Well, there's also <laughs> a story about them kind of like a somebody who kind of annihilates his school, too, so. Yeah, it was, it's definitely got some stuff that you can tell it was written pre-Columbine and pre-all of, all of our mass shootings. <laughs> so, fair warning if you pick this up. So, yeah, it, it. My biggest takeaway from the book is how far young adult literature and writing has come from when I was a teenager. Because this, this, I was, in 1994, I was a junior in high school. So this was right up, like, this is exactly what they would have given me to read. And I read one Christopher Pike book in high school. I would, Witch, yes. or The Witch. I don't remember. It was I think about it's just called witch. It was about a girl who 
She a witch? Oh, I, you know, weird. here's the thing. <laughs> That's a twist. I don't remember. I think the plot was like, it again, it like said she was going to be a witch or like lift, like at the back of it was like, oh, it's going to be super scary or, oh, it, but it wasn't. It was like, again, it was like a girl who maybe thought she was a witch, but maybe she wasn't a witch. I was like, okay. Um, and I read it and was like, oh, this is not for me. And I, I read a lot of Michael Crichton. <laughs> Jurassic Park and Timeline and Sphere. Um, and so it's just the wealth of books out there now for teens and how well-written they are and just how many stories and how how diverse. And, you know, I just, they've come a long, long way from Christopher Pike and R.L. Stein, Sphere Street. So. I will say, though, I mean, I am not trying to argue that Christopher Pike is like a Shakespearean writer. <laughs> When, no. when I read this, it feels like it was written in a long weekend. and um, But I do think that, and I remember this from my, you know, youth, that this is a good book for um, kids that are, like, if you're maybe not that into reading, it's, a, it's very easy to, to get into. The things I think it appeals to about teenagers is there's that cast of characters. So we kind of get to like know this one and that one and you figure out who are you shipping and all that kind of stuff, which which um, most teen writers like. And for me, I remember at the time, this was maybe one of the first authors for young people where like death was an actual option for the characters. Like you knew that they weren't going to all just survive and hold hands at the end like people might die yeah and that there was also um he never i wouldn't say that there are sex scenes that i can remember but he like the teens talk about sex and that was another thing that was new at the time that you didn't really find in the other kinds of books that were maybe not not brand new because i can think of some authors where they mentioned sex but you know, so those kind of things made it, I think, accessible and interesting for teens at the time and may still make it that way for teens today. Yes, I agree. There's definitely a PG sex scene in this book. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that, what I mean is it's not no, like I know. a... No, I know. But oh, I'm yeah. Like, graphic, but it's I just discussed. It's part of the plot. Yeah. Yeah. Because other than that, we passed around Forever by Judy Blue. Right. <laughs> yeah. Sex and she did not. She didn't die because of it. Like other than that, we had like go ask Alice and like a character. Those books were that were supposed to teach you a moral lesson. Yeah. Where and yeah. this one is definitely like just easy, easy to read through without a whole big time commitment or a big deep thought commitment. I will say <laughs> yes, it was easy to read. <laughs> I did have to read it like a little at a time because it was very depressing. It is not my kind of book at all. No, this is not. Like, I, I read to it. escape, like, real life, and this was just too sad. <laughs> I like that you approached that by reading bits and pieces. I approached that by sitting down, and I was like, I'm going to read well, this I, book. <laughs> I got to a certain point where I was like, I can't keep doing this. And so, like, I just sat there and read <laughs> because I was like, yes. I needed to be over. And then I think I messaged Sarah, and I was like, I finished the book, and now I need to watch something happy. <laughs> <laughs> Which was not the TV version of this book, I take it. No, I had already watched the TV show. <laughs> oh, okay. So you watched the TV show and then read the book. Yeah. What about you, Sarah? I read the book first. Okay. I also read the book first. And I, have, I, I admit... I did not get all the way through all 10 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> that is a twist for me, because usually I insist on... Reading, uh, first. reading first because I want to read it 
in its true form. I I think I can say um, there is very little in common <laughs> between the TV show and this book. <laughs> yeah, I would say you can read the book and then watch the show and the book will not have spoiled anything <laughs> no. that's no. going to happen really <laughs> because they don't end the same. No. Uh, all the characters aren't the same. Right. Nope. There's new characters added in the show that there, were not in the book. The characters from the book are in, in the, the show. show. And they are suffering from the same illnesses as they are in the book, I think, right? Um, Alonka is not. Alonka isn't. Oh, that's right. Hers is different. But it's, I don't know why they made that change. It wasn't really a significant change to me. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> we all pause to think about what <laughs> what each of these teenagers, what deadly dying disease did they all have? Um, we then, also need to address the premise, which is, like maybe if as a teenager this wouldn't have bothered me, but as a, a parent, that my child, the idea that my child would have a terminal illness and I would just like send, send them, them away off. to live someplace <laughs> and be like, I'll come on visiting day and then I'll just get a note if you happen to pass away. Also, also, I'll come on visiting day. My child is dying and I'm going to, like you said, send them away and visit them like what, once a week? And okay. Also, these characters, there is a visiting day, we know, because one of them's girlfriend comes to visit. There is, talk about nary a parent, none. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if any. Now, they explain it with, like, some in the book. Like, some of these people, like, Ilanka in the book is straight-up orphan. In the show, she has a foster father. But... So some of them wouldn't have necessarily anybody to visit them, but others, they don't really get into why their parents aren't around. <laughs> like why they've chosen to send them off to this boarding school of death, basically. Right. <laughs> like It is a very weird concept. And even like, yeah, which is also the same weird concept in the TV show. And yeah, they try to explain it, but it still just doesn't make a ton of sense. Also, I don't have like, great amounts of experience with hospice, but I thought in hospice situations, you were closer to imminent death than these kids appear to be. Well, uh, yes, I, I will say it's, it's bizarre. These, these kids are, I would say more in the TV show than in the book. I was going to say yeah. in the book, I think they're closer. They are to closer. Death. I would that the timeline in the book is way shorter than you can't tell that show. from the photo on the on yeah. the cover or the drawing. I oh, should yes. say these on are the, the cover, pic, the picture of where hell, they all these, look. Yeah, these children very robust. <laughs> but it, yeah, the description of them in the book, they're sicker than they are. I think in the show. Yes, and in the show, I did admit I'm like, who are these? She's just like this girl's running all over the place. She has lung cancer. She shouldn't be running all over the place. So there's a lot of, of they are very active dying teens yeah. <laughs> in the TV show. Probably because if you made an actual TV show of this book, it would be, one, very depressing, and two, kind of boring. It would just be teenagers sitting around a table. Yeah, they have to have more action. Also in the book, it is like more of a true hospice. Like they don't get any treatment. That's right. Yeah. But in the show, they do get treatment. That's right. Yeah. Because. Yeah. Spencer yeah. does at least. Spencer does. And I know Kevin was getting infusions because he went to prom. In the right. Sh- in the Wait, show. he goes to prom? Yeah. In the show. Yeah. With the girlfriend that you previously yeah. mentioned. Yeah. I didn't make it that far. These, <laughs> these kids in the book are definitely sicker than the kids in the show. One of the things I think is kind of interesting about this book is that he 
he did right. These kids, I mean, they know they're going to die. And he's pretty realistic about what that means and what that does to them. Like, at that, like more than the stories that they tell and, like, the kind of creepiness that they try to write in it, what I find actually kind of scary is, like, the descriptions of the, the like, what's going on in their bodies and, like, how sick they are. And, like, he doesn't pull punches when he's describing that. And, yeah. Well, I think their stories... Um are the way that they cope with this diagnosis that they have. So this, you know, if, if you tell a story about um, death that really involves like a shooter on top of the Eiffel Tower, you're really kind of taking death back into your own hands instead of it, something happening to you. And then the, the the stories about reincarnation, obviously like that's a, a coping kind of thing for them to imagine like, well, it's okay if I die this time because I'll be around another time and another time. And so yeah, and then there's the one that story about angels, and so that, you know, implies an afterlife and all that. So I think that, yeah, definitely the kids are using the stories to deal with their, process their feelings about death. I will say with the reincarnation stories, those were depressing too. Like, <laughs> yeah. none, of her, mean, <laughs> none of her past lives were good. Yeah, I think like that's they so all that she can, so she can come sad. back because she hasn't gotten it straight yet. I guess. Well, I think no. that's what, that's the fun, okay, the part of this book that I found the funniest, and I'm, I'm not particularly worried about spoiling this, is there's an epilogue that's apparently set sometime in the future. We're on the Starliner Space Beagle 3. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm assuming that these two people on this spaceship are Alanka and Kevin reincarnated yet again. Um and I think maybe they're actually going to get it right this time. Yeah, so it does have a happy ending, Catherine. Ugh. No. It's <laughs> <laughs> random one page in space. <laughs> so if you have watched just the TV show and then you pick up this book, you will be probably surprised to find there's no cult in this book at all, at even all. though that is a really like probably the primary plot point in the show is way more interesting there's a lot more going on they tried to make it scary it still wasn't very scary in my opinion it is it is it does scarier than the book it has a few jump scares yeah but it's not no not super scary no not compared to um flanagan other flanagan other yeah because he did the haunting of hill house Hunting Just, of Bly Manor. Yeah. Those two Midnight were the scarier Mass. ones to me. I, I have not watched any of these because, again, Mass wasn't they scary are scary either. and I don't do scary. Um, I will say what I think is kind of cool idea, and I, I understand why he wants to do it, is all of the stories that they tell are other Christopher Pike stories. Yes. Which I think is a really cute. From the show, right? From, yeah, from the show. In the show. In the yeah. show. Yeah. Um, which I think is, is a neat idea. Of course, it... It was canceled. Well, and they also, all the names of the episodes are names of, titles of other Christopher Pike books. Oh, but also differing point in the book. I don't remember how much we went into this. There are extra characters in the show. Oh, yeah. Right. Like three extra characters. Well, he adds characters, and I also really like that while it is set in 1994, it's definitely got a more modern feel to it. And the characters are much more diverse. These characters in this book are all white 
teenagers and i like that in the in the tv show they are not all white teenagers and one of the added characters it's really cool but i think sarah's going to talk about it yeah if you've if you've watched the show or if you're going to watch the show the character of anesh is played by a gwinnett uh county resident i'm not sure if he still lives here but he went lived in gwinnett graduated from um, brookwood high school in gwinnett his name is and i'm sure i'm not gonna pronounce this right but Sorian Sapkota, and he plays um, Anesh, and he also has ties to the library because we do a team film challenge here at the library, and he was one of the past contestants, and I believe winner at least one year, maybe maybe more than one. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, it's like, like I said, I have not watched a lot of it, but I really like his character. He's he's delightful yeah i was gonna say before i knew that's who he was like anesh is my favorite character yeah. and now i really like it because <laughs> there's an extra tie to us yes, yes i can't exactly. wait to tell there's my a reason i really like anesh. <laughs> <laughs> he speaks to you so yeah good um good thing to watch to support that gwinnett county feel and then also a perfect time for me to tell you and encourage you if you're a teen listening to join our teen film challenge because who knows maybe you too will go on to star in a scary or not so scary netflix show (laughs) yeah (laughs) it could happen people so if you liked this book or television show and you want to read other books that are based on television shows or have television shows based upon them what would you recommend patty do you have any that you would share with us so i have a book and television show it is actually kind of not well it's about teenagers and that's about all it has in common okay because <laughs> <laughs> again i don't like scary <laughs> but uh, i would love um to recommend both the books and the tv show Heartstopper. the book is by alice osman um the tv show is on net netflix yes have to stop and think of which streaming service it, it yeah, is. There's so many. Um, but it is the absolutely charming and delightful story of two boys, Nick and Charlie, um, and how they meet and fall in love. And all of the various and the sundry uh, things that happen with their friends and all the stuff that's going on in their life. And it started out as a webcomic. And then um, Alice Osman did a Kickstarter actually to publish the first volume of it. And then it got picked up by a publisher. And I think there's four or five volumes out now. And I will say it is one of the best adaptations to TV show I have, I've seen. Like they just nailed every single one of the people they cast looks like they brought the drawings to life it is (laughs) really impressive and they do a lot of things like um there'll be like little hearts above them or something or like and so there's like little animations in the show which is super cute call outs to the original material and 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 it does follow the storyline from the first volume really really closely and it's it's just really delightful to see see it brought to life so high recommend for both both those books. Catherine, how about you? My book isn't like overly similar to the Midnight Club. <laughs> I guess it's it would kind be of hard scary. to find one. Oh, like I think similar. I have one that. Oh, okay. I guess it's kind of scary if you think vampires are scary, but 
It's the Vampire Academy series by Rochelle Mead. Uh, this series has a movie adaptation that was maybe not so great, but I'm loving the TV show, which is now on Peacock. Uh, I'm a little late to the game with the TV show, and I've only watched the first few episodes so far, but um, I really need to finish them because they are so good. Uh, having read all the books, I know where things are going, but I still want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see it play out in, in live action. Um, I do love the casting decisions that they made for the show, and everyone is just perfect for their characters. And it is a more diverse casting than uh, how the book was written and how the movie was casted. So I love that, too. I really love Rose Hathaway and I like her voice. Like, I love I love that character on the show so much. Um, but here's the tagline for that series. Only a true best friend can protect you from your immortal enemies. But basically, the, uh, there's two best friends, Lissa Dragomir. She's a Moroi princess or a mortal vampire she has a rare magical gift for harnessing the earth. Uh, and Rose Hathaway, who is half vampire ha and half human, which makes her a dompier, um, which makes her a protector for the Maroi from the Strigoi. And the Strigoi are like your typical, like, nasty vampire, like the undead. So there's like classes of vampire. Yeah, so, well, different or types of vampire. Of vampire. Yeah, okay. yeah. She's like, please get the scientific terminology correct. <laughs> but yeah, so they're they're immortal, fierce, deadly, and like they are determined to make Lissa one of them. Oh, so, so you can make another vampire a different well, kind of vampire? Well, because they're your typical vampire. Okay. Like they can like, I guess, infect okay. others and turn them into Strigoi. Okay. How many books are there? Oh, you know? Oh, God, I shouldn't have asked. It's a, it's a longer <laughs> series. It's definitely not one. Not one for Sarah. Okay. <laughs> because there's like an original series and then there's like a, a spin-off of the series. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. But oh they, Rose and Lissa are students at St. Vladimir's Academy, which is a school for vampire royalty and they're Dampier <laughs> Guardians. I'm sorry, I should to laugh. Be. But the Strigoi are always close by. They're not allowed to go to the school though. No. You say I'm. No. How did they no. get educated? Maybe that's why they they're mad because they're dumb. It is classist. So basically, you can a Maroi <laughs> can turn Strigoi by like killing. Okay, so they don't kill people. Correct. Okay. Correct. Um, so between fighting for their lives and going to school, there's of course some love thrown in, a little romance, and what's better than a forbidden romance? Mm. Ooh, who that has is, time? I know. I'll just heartbeat. But heartbeat. that's all I'm going to say about that because or maybe it's not. great. You should check it out. <laughs> not. I think I just gave everyone an edu education on the different types of vampires. <laughs> in that world, yes. In that world, exactly. Where so. does Edward Cullen fall in that line of vampires? Well, I guess <laughs> technically he's a strigoi, but he's a he practices the Maroi lifestyle by not killing. <laughs> because he is undead. He does not die. That's true. Okay. I don't know. He's like a hybrid. <laughs> like <right>. my Prius. <laughs> yeah, sure. Just exactly like that. Sure. <laughs> Sarah, you got one that's more similar maybe? I think I do. This one is called Devil in Ohio. And um, it was written by Daria Paulton. And this is based on... Um, a true-ish story, I think, or a true story, but I don't know how much is fictionalized of the true story. But basically, it's about a girl that shows up in a hospital with a pentagram carved on her back, so there are cults involved, 
and she ends up kind of um, moving into the home of the one of the therapists that's treating her with um, that therapist's family, and um, they foster her, but maybe her cult is trying to get her back, and maybe she's not everything she seems to be, and there's a daughter in the family that ha- is the same age, and so they're trying to go to school together and like work out this uh, relationship that they have with each other. And I watched the show first, and um, the show, I would say, although the mother is, you know, we do get um, chapters from the mother's perspective in the book, I think the mother gets an even bigger role in the show, probably because she's played by um, Emily Deschanel. Uh, I mean, Emily Deschanel plays her, so... That's probably why her role is a little larger than it is in the book. But the um, the daughter's perspective is strong in both the book and the show. And, um, yeah, you have to read it to find out about more about May and what's really going on with her. But and it involves cults and a little bit of, uh, you know, scary stuff. The show kind of gets scarier than I think the book does and dives into, um, like, kind of dives deeper into some characters in the book that are more peripheral. I do think that that's something that tends to happen, at least with scary. It's, I think, something about seeing things is a little bit scarier than just reading them, at least to me. Yeah. Because when I read them, my brain can kind of just sort of skim, and it's difficult to skim. Yeah. I just, I well, pull my glasses down, and I just don't look. They kind <laughs> of, in the show, they kind of um, show you more of the what's happening in the cult in the book you really don't get a whole lot of what's happening in the cult until like maybe the very last few chapters. And where can we find the TV show? The TV show is on Netflix. Okay. It is on my list of things to check out. It was an easy read as well. Is it teen? It is teen. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was just curious where it was here. Because like looking at the, it's, we're looking at the cover right now in the book. It, it looks like one of those ones that could either be a teen or an adult yeah. book. Yeah, I would, yeah, I would agree. I think it's because the teen is the main character and there's, you know, she's dealing with things like the boy she has a crush on and, you know, her relationship with her siblings and her parents. And so those typical teen things, you just throw in a satanic cult (laughs) and you've got this book. (laughs) Excellent. What kind of therapist brings their patient home to live with them? (laughs) Well, one that has issues of her own, I'm afraid. That seems wrong. <laughs> Speaking, of, see, look, bad, weird medical treatment too. It's yeah, the, yeah. The book does not, um, nor does the show endorse taking your patient home. Oh, good. <laughs> so, what are we doing next? Well, we actually kind of struggled a little bit to pick the next title. Um, originally it was going to be another one where we were going to read multiple books, but, uh, that was getting a little hard (laughs) and given the time of year, I don't have a ton of time to read a bunch of books, unfortunately. Yeah. (laughs) I do have other things maybe going on, but what I know, right? (laughs) Crazy. So instead we are going to focus on the new year and we decided to pick a book called the resolutions by Mia Garcia. It's about a group of four unstoppable friends who have the tradition of making their New Year's resolutions together. But this year, there's a twist, and the four friends are going to make each other's resolutions for them. Ooh, I like it. Yep. This sounds like something I want to read a book about, but I would never agree to do in real life. I know, right? <laughs> sounds like trouble. It right. does. <laughs>
This has been another episode of Spill It by the Gwinnett County Public Library. I'm Catherine. I'm Patty. And I'm Sarah. And we want you to join us next time as we spill the tea on some New Year's resolutions. Remember to like, review, and subscribe. And until next time, keep reading. Keep reading.